We welcome you to message number three in our series here, The King Size Challenge. The Bible is challenging us, isn't it? Isn't it amazing how God's Word speaks into our lives? And we are studying 10 kings. We're looking at their defining moments because all of us face defining moments. These same defining moments that these kings faced, we face. And a defining moment is a moment so important that your life will go one way or another depending on how you face this particular moment in your life, and they faced as well back then. The key scripture, it's on your notes for the whole series, Romans 15, 4. Everything written in the past about these kings was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So we're studying these kings' lives to find instruction and teaching and hope to face our defining moments. And this morning, Uzziah's king-size success. Now, success is awesome, right? We all like to experience taste success. My senior year in high school was the last year I played uh, hardball, baseball, and that was the most unbelievable season ever. Our team went 19-0, undefeated. The only undefeated team I've ever been on. It was unbelievable. Success. Hmm. What's the secret to success? Is, is it okay to want to experience success? I mean, what's, what's the secret to success in your marriage, in your family, at work, with your finances, with relationships? Is there a secret that, that God reveals for us? Is it okay to really crave desire to be successful? Well, yes, because we see it all in the Bible. As a matter of fact, Nehemiah prayed, give your servant success today. When's the last time you prayed for success? You should. It's in the Bible. A little background about King Uzziah. He's one of the few good kings in the Bible. We're going to read that he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Uzziah is also known as Azariah, another name for him. He served as the 10th king over the southern kingdom of Judah, and he served from the year 790 B.C. to 739 B.C., so he served 52 years. I mean, that's a long time. And Uzziah's defining moment is very, very obvious, as we're going to see. He embraced the most important principle for success revealed in the Bible. And this morning, as we begin, I want you to think about your life because you are in one of three categories this morning in relation to this defining moment that we're going to talk about. You may be in camp number one. It's this. You have no, no idea what Uzziah's principle of success is. You're unaware of it. You've never heard of it. You're in the dark, so you would be in the ignorant camp, okay? Then there's the second camp. You've heard of Uzziah's principle of success, but you've never faced it. It's never been a defining moment for your life. You've never allowed his principle of success to define your life yet. So you're in the indifferent camp. You've heard about this. Maybe it's a little fuzzy, but you've never integrated it. And then there's, thirdly, 
Camp number three, you know about Uzziah's principle of success. You fully faced it. You've had your defining moment. You've embraced it. It's part of your life. As a matter of fact, Uzziah's king-size defining moment, you've adopted this principle into your life. It is a core value that defines who you are. It's how you live your life. You're not in the ignorant camp or the indifferent camp. You are in the integrated camp. As I shared, you're going to face all these defining moments of these kings. And for you, you face this defining moment in the past, and you've integrated this principle of success into your heart, into your life. This is who you are. Let's see if you can identify Uzziah's king-size principle of success. Take your Bibles. Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 26. 2 Chronicles 26. We'll read verses 1 to 5 to begin with. Then all the people of Judah took Uzziah, who was 16 years old. Can you imagine just being 16 years old and made him king in place of his father Amaziah? <laughs> he was the one who rebuilt Eleth and restored it to Judah after Amaziah rested with his fathers. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. Wow. His mother's name was Jecoliah. She was from Jerusalem. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. That's only said of three kings, Uzziah being one of them, just as his father Amaziah had done. He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him in the fear of God. As long as he sought the Lord, here it is, God gave him success. It's so simple, you could almost miss it. King Uzziah's success as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Wow. It's amazing to me that the secret as told to us by God for success is so simple. As long as we seek the Lord, God will give us success. We seek God, God gives us success. Wow. So profound, so simple and yet so hard to live out. Wow. Question, are you daily seeking the Lord? I mean, is this principle of success integrated into your heart, into your life? Is seeking the Lord a defining principle of your life? What would your spouse say? What would your kids say? What would your coworkers say? Oh, you have an answer right now, but what would others say who know you really? Do you seek God 80% of the time? 50% of the time? 20, 10? What would God say about you? Hmm. What does the Bible say? Matthew 6, But seek first his kingdom, and his righteousness. And then all these things will be given to you as well. You want success? It comes by seeking God. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek. One thing only, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple. So the key to success is me seeking the Lord. Yep, 
That's what God says. That's what God says. Hmm. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Hebrews 11.6, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, obviously, we are going to talk in depth about what it means to seek the Lord this morning because that's the principle for success. And yet, what I want us to do right now is grapple with this a little bit at our tables and be honest. Why, here's your discussion question, is seeking the Lord at times so challenging? Can you list as many reasons as you can come up with at your table? Go for it. Here's a good uh, question <coughs> to consider to transition us back, you know. How can I become a person whose life is characterized by, <coughs> by seeking the Lord? How can I become a Uzziah, someone who seeks the Lord? And due to that, because I'm seeking the Lord now, I experience success. I mean, you may be saying, man, you know, God, I, I want to have a successful marriage, family, my work, relationships. And God says, you want that? You got to seek me. So how can we become a person like Uzziah who seeks the Lord? So let's start off and begin by looking at three things that help us become a person who seeks the Lord. The first thing is this, parents who model seeking the Lord. Now, if you grew up in a family with parents who modeled for you a life of seeking the Lord, you are blessed, incredibly blessed. And you were in the minority if you had parents like that. Now look at 2 Chronicles 26. Look at verses 3 to 4. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. <coughs> His mother's name was Jechaliah. She was from Jerusalem. Then look at verse 4. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, just as his who? Father Amaziah had done. See, Uzziah's parents modeled seeking the Lord. Wow. And that's huge. That's absolutely huge. Some of you are like, I wish I had a mom or dad when I grew up that actually modeled seeking the Lord. You should have seen my mom or my dad. Others of you take for granted your parents. You just take them for granted, and you shouldn't. You should realize how blessed you are. The Bible says this, Ephesians 6, 4, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And that begins by, as a parent, modeling seeking God in your life. And I am very grateful for my parents. My parents who, uh, Joe, say hi to the video out there, man. That's cool. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate that. Joe's like, Mark, I'm seeking water for you. So, you know, I, I thank God for parents who sought the Lord. I have so many memories, my own heart, in my mind, seared there of a mom and a dad who sought God. That's huge in me becoming a man who would seek the Lord. So parents, let us model before our kids a seeking of the Lord. That's one of the things that helps us become such a person. Second thing that helps us become someone who is a person, an individual who seeks the Lord, is mentors who teach the priority of seeking the Lord. Chapter 26 and verse 5 says, He sought God during the days of Zechariah, who instructed him, Uzziah, in the fear of God. Wow. Now, Zechariah was not the prophet that wrote the book in the Bible we have. 
a minor prophet, but another prophet named Zechariah. But he functioned as a mentor for Uzziah. He, he mentored and discipled and instructed Uzziah in the fear of the Lord and in seeking of the Lord. And parents, this is also something important for our lives. How important it is for us to expose our kids to good mentors. I mean, this is what Uzziah's parents did. They brought Zechariah into Uzziah's life so that he could mentor their son in the ways of God. And you're a very wise parent. If you get to know a godly man or a godly woman and you link your child up, it's great that they see you as a man or woman or a parent who seeks God, but then get others around your child who also model and can disciple and mentor them. Wow. And also, seek a mentor yourself. If you're like here going, you know, I want to grow in this quality of being a man or woman who seeks the Lord, get mentored by a man or a woman, a mom or a dad, a parent, um, a, a single person. It doesn't matter. Whoever you're at in life, find someone who you can go, what does it look like to Seek the Lord as a husband or as a wife or in your business. Find someone like that. Get mentored yourself. Powerful. One of the mentors in my life early on, especially, and I've had many, but was Davon Rhodes. Some of you remember Pastor Davon Rhodes. He's since gone to be with the Lord, but what an influence in my life. And all the times I can remember spending with David, we would do funerals together, memorial services, and I'd watch this man of God and dealing with issues in his life. And he was the one who would bring me to Israel and he trained me in in how to do tours. And I would see the way and just a a man of God. There was one time (laughs) early when I was an intern, I'm working backstage and there was another intern and I, we were taking down these cafeteria tables, you know, these tables and we're trying to bring them, I think into the gym from backstage. And he was passing them to me and you know, we were trying to do it really quick. And one of the tables slipped and like a guillotine came straight down and landed on my toe. I mean, crushed my toe. With such a force, you're gonna love this, blood squirted out of every one of my toenails. I thought my entire foot was shattered, broke. How come you're laughing? I mean, that's, I'm just joking. I loved it though, you like that. Okay, all right, all right, you're demented like me, okay. so. I mean, I am just in absolute agony and pain. This intern runs. He goes to get Larry. Larry comes over. He looks at me, and Larry runs also to call an ambulance. You know, I am dying, and all of a sudden, Davon Rhodes comes in. He hears about it. I'm just on the floor writhing in pain, and I just remember Dave came over to me, and he just put his arms around me, started crying, and then just started praying. Mentors. Men of God. How do you become a man or woman who seeks the Lord? If you have parents, that's awesome. If you have mentors that show that, huge. Let me give you a third way. The tasting of success that comes from seeking the Lord. You say, what do you mean by that? Watch this. When you begin to become a man or woman who really begins to seek the Lord, you will begin to taste and experience the success that comes from seeking the Lord, and that'll make you want to Seek the Lord all the more. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And when you do that, the Bible says, all these things will be added to you as well. And you're all of a sudden gonna go, whoa, this seeking of the Lord is really cool. 
because the payoff is absolutely huge. And you got to see this in Uzziah's life. I mean, notice the success that comes to Uzziah because he started to seek the Lord. <clears throat> notice the end of verse 5, and we'll keep reading. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him what? Success. Well, how? Just read. He went to war against the Philistines and broke down the walls of Gath, Jabna, and Ashdod. This is going to the southwest of where he lives in Jerusalem. He then rebuilt towns near Ashdod and elsewhere among the Philistines. God helped him against the Philistines and against the Arabs who lived in Ger, Baal, and against the Menuhites, that's east of Jerusalem. The Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah and his fame, spread, his fame spread far as the border of Egypt, that's south of Jerusalem, because he had become very powerful. Verse 9, Uzziah built towers in Jerusalem at the corner gate. So this is, you know, right there in Jerusalem, the wall, at the valley gate, and at the angle of the wall. And he fortified them. He also built towers in the desert and dug many cisterns because he had much livestock in the foothills and in the plain. He had people working the fields and vineyards in the hills and in the fertile lands, for he loved the soil. Uzziah had a well-trained army ready to go out by divisions, according to their numbers, as mustered by Jael, the secretary, and Messiah, the officer under uh, the direction of Hananiah, one of the royal officials. How big was his army? The total number of family leaders over the fighting men, these are officers, 2,600. Under their command was an army of 307,500 men, trained for war, a powerful force to support the king against his enemies. Uzziah provided, watch this, shields and spears and helmets and coats of armor, bows and slingshots for the entire army. In Jerusalem, he made machines designed by skillful men for use on the towers <coughs> and on the cornered defenses to shoot arrows and hurl large stones. His frame his fame spread far and wide. Wow. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. I mean, military success, territorial expansion success, people success. I mean, this guy, his reputation is going east, south, west. Greatly regarded. Material success, towers and livestock and fields and vineyards and machines were being invented and being used for military purposes. You see this success going in every area. Why? He sought the Lord. And many of us, because we've faced our defining moment and are seeking the Lord, you have tasted and are experiencing right now success. The same, maybe not the exact type as Uzziah, but the same category. Hey, God has been good to you. He's been good to you. You have, and we have our homes, our cars, our careers, our family, our material things, our investment portfolios. We have a reputation of success. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. Now, all that being said, what did God say to the Israelites when they entered the promised land, which is very timely to bring up right now, and it's in Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you want to turn there to the left in your Bible and keep your finger in 2 Chronicles 26, fine. But I can just read it for you. A couple verses here. God says this. He says, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, 
he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of things you did not provide, wells you did not dig. You see, the Israelites would be blessed at this time because they sought the Lord, they didn't rebel against him, and God knew there would be prosperity coming on their lives. Then, when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Translation, be careful that you don't stop seeking God because of your success, because of the way God has blessed you, because you have been seeking him. I'll never forget Charles Swindoll. I've heard him preach, met Charles on a couple occasions. And uh, I'll never forget the one message that he shared, the greatest quote that maybe I've ever heard him, for me personally, God's spirit just ingrained it in my life, was when he said, the greatest test of your character will be your success. Not your failure, not the trials you face. The greatest test of your character will be when you are granted success. Not many people can handle success. Just can't. Power corrupts. Absolute power absolutely corrupts. Here's a question in your notes, not to discuss, but I want you to ponder in your heart. Here's the question. What is the one thing that can derail us from being a person who seeks the Lord? The one thing, and I think you know it, is this, pride. That is fueled by our God-given success. I mean, this is fascinating to me. Notice what happens to Uzziah. Now, go back to 2 Chronicles 26, and look, if you would, at the end of verse 15, it says this. You know, his, spray, his fame spreads far and wide, for he was greatly helped until he became, do you see that? Powerful. Now, look at verse 16. Is this my mind blower or what? But after Uzziah became powerful, his what? His pride led to his downfall. Isn't this incredible? And, you know, I've seen this again and again, I'm going to be honest, in my own life, and I've seen it in the lives of so many others. Pride can lead to our downfall. And the reason we become prideful is because we can't handle the success that God has given to us. Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Let me give you four areas of downfall that pride can lead to. I mean, you become successful, the temptation to become full of pride is so strong. And if you feed that pride, your ego, it'll lead to these four areas of downfall. Because pride always leads to a downfall. And we see this in Uzziah's life, and it's kind of heartbreaking. You see it. Number one, you look at verse, well, first of all, it can lead to unfaithfulness. Verse 16, but after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. Well, how? Well, he was unfaithful to the Lord as God. Wow. And how, how did his unfaithfulness manifest itself? Well, he entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. Now, you may be going, well, that's not a big deal, but you need to understand in the Old Testament, there were very defined roles for prophet, priest, and king. Those are the three main categories of leadership back then, prophet, priest, and king. Uzziah is a king, and as a king, you never usurp the role of a priest. 
and yet his pride led him. King wasn't enough. And he crosses a line here. He becomes unfaithful to God. Look at verse 17. Azariah, the priest, with 80 other courageous priests of the Lord, followed him in. Here comes Uzziah going in to the temple to make sacrifice, or to, to light incense on the altar of incense, which is only a priestly job. And they confronted him. I mean, 80 priests confront him and said, it is not right for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is for the priests, the descendants of Aaron, who have been consecrated to burn incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have become unfaithful, and you will not be honored by the Lord God. Wow. Unfaithfulness. For us today, it maybe isn't going into the temple to burn incense, but it's going in and sharing incense with another woman, with another man outside of your marriage. For us, maybe it's being unfaithful with money, being unfaithful in our job, crossing a line, so much temptation, so much power, crossing a line morally unfaithful. It goes on and on and on and on and on, doesn't it? What pride can lead to being unfaithful to God in so many different areas. Wow. And it all's come about because you're successful. Because you did see God and God gave you success. But then, pride. It can lead to unfaithfulness. Second, it can lead to anger. You see that in verse uh, 19 where it says, while he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple. So, verse 9, Uzziah, who had a censer in his hand ready to burn incense, became angry. And this is what pride-filled people do. They get confronted by someone who says, you shouldn't be doing this, and their pride takes over. What are you talking about? I am the king. I am everything. And there's anger, and anger is a manifestation of ultimately pride. And it is a manifestation you are heading for a fall especially when the person confronting you is right. Wow. It leads to unfaithfulness. It can lead to anger. Thirdly, it can lead to discipline. You see there in verse 19, it says, while he was raging at the priests in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, look at this, leprosy broke out on Uzziah's forehead. That's a, that's a, a skin disease. Literally just God allows this to break out. When Azariah, the chief priest, and all the other priests looked at him, they saw that he had leprosy on his forehead, so they hurried him out. Indeed, he himself was eager to leave because the Lord had afflicted him. Wow. The Lord afflicted him. Can that happen today? Sure. Now, Jesus took our affliction on the cross, hallelujah, but there are still times that God the Father disciplines his children because we're being unfaithful to him and we're showing anger and he disciplines us. He just does, like a good heavenly father. Hebrews 12, 10 and 11, I put it in your outlines. God disciplines us for our good so that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. Here's the fourth thing it can lead to. It can lead to finishing poorly. And we see this in verses 21 to 23 where it says this. King Uzziah had leprosy until the day he died. 
he lived in a separate house, leprous and excluded from the temple of the Lord. Now, when you had leprosy, you were considered unclean. You couldn't go into the temple. You couldn't even associate with other Jews. You had to yell, unclean, unclean, unclean. And you're, just, you're living a life of isolation. Jotham, his son, had charge of the palace and governed the people of the land. The other events of Uzziah's reign from beginning to end are recorded by the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. Uzziah rested uh, with his fathers and was buried near the field of burial that belonged to the kings. For people said he had leprosy, and Jotham's son succeeded him as kings. Wow. You know, it appears for the rest of his life that Uzziah, he refused to repent of his sin. And he eventually died in his pride. And what a bummer of a legacy, I think, to leave for your son, for your family, and even all of the Bible. He had probably no idea. No, he had no idea that this would be recorded in Scripture, that we would be teaching it today. What a legacy. You know, I, I want to be honest. I want to finish well. I'm 52 years old. I want to finish well. I really do. With whatever the, the, the years the Lord gives me into the future, I don't know. But I don't want to be a Uzziah and allow pride to lead me to my downfall. I'm going to look at my son over there. Luke's here. The last thing I want is for some reason him to have a memory of me that I was unfaithful to his mommy, that I was unfaithful as a pastor, that somehow I allowed the success, and oh God, give me only the success I can handle. Please, oh God. Because I just want to finish well. Hmm. How can we finish well? Not many do. How? The answer, integrate Uzziah's king-size principle of success into your life. You see, this is Uzziah's problem. He became ignorant and indifferent to the very principle that gave him his success. Do you see what's going on here? As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. I mean, this is amazing. It's a very interesting case study. Uzziah, he started off so incredibly well. He faced his defining moment early in his reign, and he learned, hey, as long as I seek God, he gives me success. The success, however, went to his head. Pride took over. He stopped seeking the Lord, and it led to his downfall. Now, there are some major lessons here that we need to think deeply about and learn from this guy's mistake so we can continue to be men and women who seek the Lord. Now, I want to give you one thought to think about before I give you a discussion question, and this is the thought. Please think deeply about this in your own heart. There is nothing wrong with success. I pray, all of you, I see young people here, I see us who are older, there's nothing, I pray that you would have the most success possible, imaginable, in your life. Just make sure that you turn your success into praise, not into pride. Nothing wrong with success. You should want it to the glory of God. Nehemiah prayed for success. You should pray for success. Your family, everything. Just make sure that doesn't turn to pride. Make sure it turns to praise, and God will continue to give you success. Does that make sense? Otherwise, that success will turn to pride and lead to your downfall. Now, we're going to talk about how to live a life 
of success because you're seeking the Lord in a second. But I want you to right now talk about this. Discussion. How have you seen pride derail people from seeking the Lord? I think that's happened in our own lives, and I bet you you'd know someone really significant that just pride has totally derailed them. How have you seen that? Talk about that at your tables. Okay, here's the question we want to consider now. How can I be a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, whoever you are, who will always seek the Lord, no matter what? How can I be this kind of a person? I mean, as long as Uzziah sought the Lord, God gave him success. As long as I seek the Lord, God will give me success. That's the timeless principle. How do I become that man or woman who doesn't get knocked off the horse, who always lives a life of seeking the Lord? That is a great question, and we have the answer here with Uzziah. So let me give you three ways to always seek the Lord. Our king-size challenge is to live this out. Because for a period of time, Uzziah lived this out. But then pride got to him, and he stopped living it out. So let's just live out the part of his life that he did seek the Lord. There are three things that you have to master, that I do as well, if we want to be men or women who always seek God. Number one, you seek God first. The Bible says as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. If we ever come to the point where we aren't seeking God first, then we've stopped seeking the Lord. If you're seeking for a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or you're seeking for a job, whatever, if you don't seek God first, He's not the first one you turn to. You've stopped seeking the Lord. It's as simple as that. The Bible says, Matthew 6, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. That's him, his reign. And all these things will be given to you as well. So, you know, let me just give you some thoughts to think on. I mean, if you wake up in the morning and your first thought isn't God, what's going on in your heart, in your life? I mean, why wouldn't it be the Lord? Is that because you're seeking other things or people before the Lord? That's just something to think on. You know, and God can change your heart if you begin seeking him where he is the first person you think of when you wake up, and he should be. That's an indication that you're seeking the Lord first. If you face a crisis and your first action isn't to seek God, we have a seeking God problem. Think about it. I mean, what is that saying about us? Who are we really seeking? Hey, when you're in a crisis, that's going to reveal your character and really what's going on in your heart. Pick any situation. Pick any circumstance. We seek the Lord always by seeking God first. If he's the first one you turn to, praise the Lord. Guess what? You have faced a defining moment in your life. You're going, you know what? This thing of not seeking God first just doesn't pay off. Look at my life. But there are others of you. You face the defining moment in your life. You're like, no, no, no. Seeking God first is everything. I'm going to continue to do it because that's good. I've tasted. I see that the Lord is good. Putting him first. Wow. Uzziah, he did great seeking the Lord first for many years. Wow. Seek God first. Second way to keep seeking the Lord is seek God always. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Not just first, but as long as. That means all the time. 
So if we ever come to the point where we go hours, days, weeks, without talking to God or worshiping God or reading God's word or being around God's people, we have a seeking God problem. We just do. We have to admit that. If you find yourself not praying, you have a seeking God problem. If you, have, if you find yourself avoiding this precious book that God's given to us, his word to us, you have a seeking God problem. If you find yourself not being around other Christians, you have a seeking God problem. You're on your own. Pride is sinking in. You think you can do it all on your own? Are you serious? Woo. What does the Bible say? Psalm 105, 4. Seek his face always. And Uzziah, he did a great job seeking the Lord always. Most scholars say for the first 20 years of his life. But then pride really sunk in. And the latter 32 years, he lived with leprosy, pride, and what a bummer of a way to go. Wow. You know, I pray that would never be said of me. Yeah, you know, Mark, man, he did great the first 30 years of his ministry. But then the last 20 years, man, this guy just, he went, yeah, he's, Stop seeking God. Lord, my legacy, yeah, I pray. Mark, first 30 years of his ministry, he sought God just a little. The last 20 years, you should have seen the growth in his life. Seeking God became so dominant. Lord, let that be my life. He deserves me at my all. Celebrating communion this morning, what Christ did for us. Lord, you gave my life, your life for me. Help me to give it back to you fully to seek you completely. Hmm. Seek God first. That means number one priority. Seek God always. That means consistently, constantly, ever ascending, more seeking him. Third way to seek the Lord, seek God only. Second Chronicles 26.5, as long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. The Lord is who we seek. So if we ever come to the point in our lives where, watch this, the object of our seeking in our hearts is other than God, we have a seeking God problem. Uzziah, he excelled for many years in seeking God only, but then, watch this, God wasn't enough. And foolishly, in his pride, he sought the role of a priest, and it led to his downfall. For many years, God was enough, and God is more than enough. But then all of a sudden, he got distracted. We get into so much trouble when we stop seeking God and start seeking other things or other people more or other than God. Wow. Wow. So a question for all of us, is there anything or anyone that's trying to draw your heart away from seeking God only? That's something you have to guard your heart from that. You know, what's kind of, this is a silly illustration. I was trying to think how I could illustrate this, but it's amazing, and I'll admit, this is totally silly, but it's amazing how we can be so passionate about seeking coffee and donuts on a Sunday morning. I mean, have you ever been, it's like a stampede. If you were in the way, you could get run over. Are you following me? It's amazing. And I guess the question that I, I, I kind of thought about, I thought, you know, is our seeking of God exceeding 
our seeking of coffee and donuts. You know, see, I, I love coffee. Every morning, cup of coffee, Tracy and I. Love it. But is my seeking and passion for that coffee small in comparison to my seeking of God for him to fill my cup? When we come to church, think about your experience this morning. We don't seek in the depth of our being. We're not here because we're seeking people. We're not here because we're seeking music. We're not here to seek teaching from Pastor Mark. We're not here to seek friends. We're here to seek God. God. It's all about him. The object of our worship, our affection, our focus, our time, our energy, our passion is to be God and to be God alone. And if it's anything less than that, we have a seeking God problem because we're all distracted by church. Something good can be a distraction for what's most important, God. (laughs) And there was a time in Uzziah's life when it was God and God alone. But then he got successful and it turned to his vineyards and his machines and his homes. And God got left behind. Jeremiah 45, 5. Should you then seek great things for yourselves? Seek them not. Seek them not. Exodus 23, you shall have no other gods before me. When we say seek God, we're saying God above all else in our hearts. It doesn't mean there can't be other things. And people, there are. But above it all is God. He is it. These verses say it all. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to seek him in his temple, him and him alone. Matthew 22, 37 to 38. Love the Lord your God with all your hearts. It's the Lord our God with all your soul and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And I love Psalm 42, verses 1 to 2. As the deer pants for streams of water. Have you ever seen a deer run and pants? I've seen that. So my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? You ever had that just yearning in your hearts? This is great that we can be here with 250 people this morning in this room. But don't you just want to get away from the people and be alone with God, seek him, have an experience with him? That, my friend, is seeking God. Seek God first. Seek God always. Seek God only, which brings us back to the one Incredible verse in Scripture. Do you see how incredible this Scripture is? I mean, is it really sunk into your life? Do you see the Scripture that describes Uzziah's life? Do you know that God wants this to describe your life? Are you making the connection that Uzziah had a defining moment? He said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. I'm going to seek God. First, always, and only. And he did that. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Some of you are here this morning because guess what? You want success, and that's fine. But guess what? 
Are you so foolish to think that you're gonna find success apart from seeking the Lord? Serious? It's not gonna happen, beloved. You think God's gonna allow that to happen? That becomes a God, a false God for you. You, you got the cart before the horse. It comes by humbling yourself and me as well before God and saying, you first, you only, you always. Number one, seek God. Do you think God maybe has brought you here this morning to face this defining moment? I believe he has. I believe this is maybe a wake-up call for us. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. So honestly, what camp are you in? What camp are you in when it comes to this principle of seeking God? Are you in the first camp? The ignorant camp? Didn't really know about that. Now you do. Are you in the second camp, the indifferent camp? Oh, I've known about that, but you know what? It's never become a defining moment. Let this Sunday become that defining moment. Or you're in the third camp, the integration camp. You've integrated this principle into your life. You're growing in it, and it's kind of ascending as time goes on. Hallelujah! I mean, that is awesome if that's where you're at, and that's where we all should be. Forgetting what's behind, reaching forward to what's ahead. Lord, let me be a man. Let me be a woman. Yes, I make mistakes. We get distracted. God understands. He loves us. Let us get back on that horse and keep seeking God. Wow. And then trust him for the success. You know, it's a little silly story, and I've shared it before, but I think it's one I want to kind of just bring us to a point of prayer on story about an old man and his wife, and they've been married for like 50 years, and they're in their pickup truck, and they're driving down the road, you know, and he's behind the wheel, and she's sitting over here about three feet away from him, and they come to a stop sign behind another truck, and there's a couple there, and they look like two heads in one body. You're following me? He's got his arm around her, and, and they're looking at this, and she goes, well, well, look at that couple. They're in love. Look at them. Husband just standing there, and he's like, I haven't moved. God hasn't moved. God loves you. Are you sitting way over there and God says, seek me? God says, draw near to me. What does the Bible say? Put it in your notes, James 4, 8. Come near to God and he'll come near to you. Come near to God. Draw near. Isn't that the great thing with God? He loves us so much. It's arms open wide. He says, just, just come back to me. Begin seeking me right now. Oh, that's so good. As long as Mike sought the Lord, God gave him success. As long as Karen sought the Lord, God gave her success. Put your name there. It's the truth. Let this be a defining moment for you, for all of us. Let's pray.